1 Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Recovery, a podcast for folks who are in recovery, which simply means that you're transitioning from one thing to the other. For a lot of our folks, it's people who have left ministry. You're no longer a rev, and so you're moving into something different. Or maybe you were a volunteer that like got super burnt out, and you're just looking for a place to talk about what does that look like. Or maybe you've shifted in your faith entirely. Or maybe you were a teacher and you're no longer a teacher, whatever it might be. However you have shifted, this is the place you found it, and we're so glad you're here. I'm one of your hosts, Sarah, and this is my co-host. Justin Gentry. Yeah. Um, we're, we're just here for all the transitions. All the transitions. That you may be in. Speaking of transition, I think most of us who at any point were a serious Christian, or at least like a kind of serious Christian, had some sort of app on our phone that we used mm, to did, read yes. the B-I-B-L-E. And now you might be wondering, like, what do I do now? If you're a Christian, like kind of like a, a Christian, but you're maybe not a Christian, you don't even know. You're like... Wondering where do I fit in this Christian community, but I'm still interested in this. Christianity has all kinds of toxic history. Uh, so, but does it have to be that way? Does it have to be connected to that? Maybe you're not even sure if you're a Christian anymore, but you like crave that spiritual community. We are so lucky to be partnering with something called the Our Bible app. O-U-R, Our Bible app. And it's here to help all of us uh, kind of look into our faith and keep our faith and kind of ditch the baggage. So if you're looking to explore a community that's sex positive, anti-racist, feminist, affirming of LGBTQIA, interfaith and social justice oriented, then Our Bible app is here for us. So you can gain access to hundreds of devotionals and that maybe won't, well, I'm going to say probably won't make you squirm when you read them. It's a vetted library of podcasts, including hosts like us. Uh, we would love like for you to us, download yeah. this. Yeah, we're on there. So download, subscribe, and ditch as much toxic theology as possible. And we are grateful to the Our Bible app for, you know, believers of all stripes and for you for joining us today. And it is it is a bap, an app that we like use. Like it, it's yeah. a good app. It's good. It's a good app. And, and some folks that have been on this podcast, I think, have done some writing for them. And so. Yeah, or yeah, at least feature huge. on it. Yeah, I think it's sure. growing as well, too, which is kind of cool. It's a it's a neat space to see. You know, Justin and I often talk about this word <laughs> generative, right? We're looking for things that are helpful, not just things that uh, tear things apart. Mm -hmm. And so we are grateful to the folks of our Bible app for doing that difficult work, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, friends. So this like series we've kind of been doing has really been out of we've got some folks coming up uh, as it is around the holidays. It's harder to get folks as guests. But also, like, Des and I were like, it's been a long time since we've just talked to each other. And so mm -hmm. we asked our friends on the Discord. And if you're wondering about the Discord, that is available to you on Patreon. It is $4 a month is, like, the way that we do it. We have a paywall just to make sure it's a, a fairly safe space. It's like a dollar an episode. It's a dollar an episode. That's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
It is less than your uh, avocado toast. I hate that people say if you don't eat avocado toast, you could afford a house because that is not true. That is not true. You would need like 10,000 years worth of avocado toast to afford a house. And I'm not even going to say skip the coffee because you'd have to skip like, Mm -hmm. like we're like one fourth of a coffee at this point. But the reason that we do that is we want to make it something that's accessible to people. If that's not even accessible to you, let us know. We'd love to have you as part of the Discord community, which is simply on Patreon and support us, then that helps us in producing the show. But it also means that you can join the community. And honestly, they're better than us, if we're honest. It's true. They're pretty amazing. They are amazing. And so we asked them a while ago, like, what do you want to hear about? And so many people said, we want to hear about this idea of calling. And we are in the season. We are in the holidays right now. If you're listening to this later, Um, maybe you're listening to this during Christmas in July. Who knows? Uh, We're in the season of just like, this is the magical season for church folk. Right. In some ways. Yeah. Like yeah, you're, this, you're it's stressed. The season, like you have to make the magic happen. You have to make the magic happen. You should be feeling all these things. And it has to be like traditional. So it needs to be just like every other year, but it also has to be like unique. And so not like every other year. Yeah. And if you didn't catch last year, last week's episode where I talk about all the times I like literally caught on fire during Christmas, mm-hmm. Christmas was always a bit of a shit show. <laughs> Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's this high pressure shit show that you can't ever, you can't ever mess up. And if you love last week's episode, uh, I don't know if you're getting the messages, Justin, but I am. So many people have contacted me with their WTF ministry moments. And we're talking Mm -hmm. about when students sunbathe naked and the super conservative youth pastor found them. We're talking about like, so many people have sent me such good stories. I want this content. I'm here for that please send that to us. We will use it on the next show. We're going to have to do WTF at least maybe once a month, dude. There's so many. It's going to become a tradition, I think, because there's just so many of these weird, weird moments. Like, Yeah, that don't happen in other worlds. But I will say this. As we think about like Christmas and this idea of like, we always imagine when we got, maybe you didn't always imagine, but helping people get to these emotional places because usually our calling calling came from a place of emotionalism. And so emotionalism, I don't think that's actually a word. Is that a word? It's the name of like uh, Avett Brothers album, I think. Oh, maybe that's why I got, I love the Avett Brothers. That, but emotionalism. I'm pretty sure I, I dated know. a guy just because his voice sounded like the lead singer of the Avett Brothers. And that's, so I should probably do some self-reflection. See, no, you're saying that as a, though that's like a bad quality, Sarah. I feel like that's, that's a good, that's, that's not, that's not a red flag. It was that in his hair. <laughs> you know, that's not shallow. If he sounds like an Avett brother. Yeah. It's, it's I okay. felt called. You felt called. <laughs> so as we talk about like, and emotionalism, but seriously, there was always this thing that was like set up. Often it did involve good music. And there was a moment when people, particularly if you grew up in a youth group setting, right? Mm-hmm. A calling, and if you're like listening to this, you're like, what the hell is a calling? It's like this moment when you decide to take on the mantle of ministry. And it's usually like couched in the language of like sacrifice. Was that for mm-hmm. you? Yeah, it was one of those things that, well, okay, so I was, when I was a teenager, I was in a church that was part of the Christian Missionary Alliance, uh, mm. Christian and Missionary Alliance, whatever which we always made fun of, like there's Christians and there's missionaries. Uh, but anyway, so 
like calling was one of those things because you like be called to ministry, but then there were a lot of people that were called to be missionaries. And like, so it had like this extra, like it was tinged with the, yeah, this like sacrifice, but also like you could be called out of the blue by God to go somewhere or do something that you don't want to do, but that you now have to do it because God has called you. But don't you think it was like almost, it was supposed to feel like you weren't. Yeah. That you didn't to feel, want to do it. Like, do you not want yeah. to do that? That's what you should do. Like I had a friend who married, like dated someone. Cause she was like, it feels like this is a, this is a spiritual discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah. There was this like, yeah, you, you're not supposed to like it. And, and that's kind of how I took on calling as well. It was like, a, well, I guess I'm good at this. I guess this is one of those things that maybe probably God is, is asking me to do. And I, you know, I'd really like to do like something in the film industry, but I, you know, maybe you don't get to do that, Justin, you know, or maybe you'd like to be whatever. And so it's, it, yeah, there is that like level of that. It wasn't like on the top. It wasn't like the, it was like part of the terms and conditions, I guess. <laughs> but like the fine print <laughs> was that you're not supposed to actually want to do this. Which is interesting because it really calls into this. So we had so much feedback. Thank you to the folks on Discord about what they wanted to hear about. But uh, what came up and up again and again, and I felt like it was a common theme, was this idea of not being able to trust your intuition. Mm-hmm. And so if you're like inner knowing said, this doesn't really feel like me, there's already language that says, but that's how you know it's for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you're even not as supposed you're to trust yourself, you know, you, know right. you are, you are, you know, deceitful, you know, your heart right. is deceitful. Your heart is wrong. Your heart is bad, you know. I think about even the way that the if if you were someone who grew up with like felt Jesus and you know Bible stories as a kid, even the way the story of uh, Jonah and the whale, which is not always a fish anyway, but was told was really like he had a calling and he mm-hmm. resisted the calling. So the calling wasn't fun, but you know what's worst? Resisting the calling. <laughs> so like yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> If you're mm-hmm. called and you don't take it, you might a- end up in the side inside of a stinky fish. Well, and I, I, yeah, I think the Jonah story is it's, it's interesting you bring it up because Jonah doesn't want to go to Nineveh. Like it's not something he wants to do. He's reluctant to do so for various motives. You kind of find out his motives at the end. But just at the beginning, you, you don't know why. It's just it's dangerous. It's something he doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to leave home, you know. And Classic so, yeah. Joseph Campbell hero's journey. Yeah, well, now he's in the belly of a fish. And so, like, you don't want to end up there. So I guess you will just reluctantly go do this thing you don't want to do that people have said you should do. And, and yeah, it's not surprising you get into your 30s and 40s and you realize, I don't know why I made that decision as a teenager. First off, the adults in the room, like, what were you thinking? It, it's, this is a bit of a digression on the side track but like the older i get the more i realize that i'm the age of a lot of the adults that were teaching me or i'm older than them and there's so many times i'm like what the fuck like (laughs) you said that to a child like you know what i mean (laughs) like yeah well i think about we make these decisions and everything is monumental mm -hmm. what we don't teach people is that life is fluid in that, like, part of the story we don't talk about is, yeah, he didn't go where he was supposed to go, but eventually he did. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And maybe he learned some things along the way that made it better when he did. 
Like that story could be told so differently, but instead it's told as if it was disobedience and then disobedience is terrible. And then don't worry, he, in the end, God forgave him instead of he learned some things along the way. And that maybe you end up where you're supposed to end up no matter what, because just because you're there means you're supposed to be there. And I think for me, this idea of calling, what that's looked like for me in people I've mentored and people I've been around is they're looking for that one thing. Mm-hmm. And that one thing will complete them. That one call, that one job, that one thing. And the problem is when we live like that, when that one thing, either we achieve that thing and it's like, woo, I achieved the thing. What's supposed to happen with life after that? It's also really cute that so many ministers think that they're going to have one job. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and I don't know where that comes from because it's, it's, yeah, like it's, you know, you're going to find your one spouse. You're going to find your one job, your one vocation. You're, you know, from the one God of the, you know, that you're that, from the one belief system that you're never going to change. Right. And, and it's a, it, it is, you know, and I, I, we've, I, we've talked about this before and I've shared it like when I shared way back when I shared my story, like, I don't know, episode two or something like the expectation that you kind of just are, are frozen in time. You know, just, you mm. just freeze dried, like you accepted the call <laughs> to ministry, you got your training and right. like, don't change. No, like ever don't question, don't, you know, and, and that's, and that's why I, I feel like there's a lot of ways we can address this kind of idea of calling. I think it's one is just the emotional weight put on children. Like mm-hmm. is to me in some ways unacceptable. And frankly, I would even call it pastoral malpractice to be an adult and putting that much pressure on a child, like just period, full stop. Like I kind of, I like, so like that's one way we can, do it but then there's the other part that i think there's so many people in our discord that are questioning like did i even hear god like Mm. or can i hear god or was it just this adult in the room that was probably well-meaning and just emotionally manipulating me and it there's nothing there was nothing ever like and so there's like i feel like there's so many layers to this in some ways that it's it's um and it really depends on where you're at in your deconstruction. There's there are plenty of folks that are like, I still believe God called me. Maybe I didn't hear it, or maybe it was different. Maybe it maybe... was a calling towards something else. Maybe it's yeah. I just wish within culture, Western culture, however you want to look at it, I wish we were more comfortable talking about the ability to have several different storylines. And that doesn't mean that one storyline wasn't important. Um, and just really being present to where we are, mm-hmm. because I think for me, my anxiousness, my anxiety is always like, I'm not in the right place because I think if I'm kind to young Sarah, because I grew <laughs> up thinking once I find the thing then I'm going to just like, you know, if you find something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I mean, that quote That's jacks good. you up. It's. <laughs> There's so much of that like well-meaning nonsense, like <laughs> or it's like airport book stuff, you know, where you're like, <laughs> like, um, I, I won't name any of them, but it's just yeah, it's like, and it sounds good, and, it's, and it feels good when you read it too. Like you read it, 
And it just yeah. like, that feels good. Yeah. I just need to find a way to not work a day in my life. You know, like if I find what <laughs> I need to find what I love, so I don't have to work again, you know, where and I, I can like love a- God and just show God how good I am and how yeah. much I love God by doing a job. And this calling feels like a way that I can care for people. And I, I want to say that for a lot of the people we talk to, uh, again, I understand that this is a very like skewed audience. A lot of the people we talk to on the show and a lot of people that are part of our community, you know, I think it was really well-meaning. I don't think it was that they wanted the glory of, you know, Sean Vots or whatever the guy with the curly hair is. Like, I don't think it's that. I think they literally wanted to help people. They'd been helped by a pastor. They thought maybe that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. And maybe they weren't wrong. It was the way to go for a little while. I don't know. I don't think this is okay. Here we go. I'm about to. Can I just tell you that I just finished Ted Lasso? I'm not going to do any spoiler alerts. Oh, are you going to give us a Ted Lasso speech? I am. Please do. I'm going to do this. Because <laughs> I have a lot of feelings. I have been feeling really uncomfortable with the transactional relationships in America. Here's what I mean. And I promise this all ties into calling, guys. In America, and I, as an adult, have mostly lived my life in America, but I am British and Canadian in background. In America, it is all about this idea and movies and all that kind of stuff. It's all about what we are directly to that person. So that person is either our romantic partner or we are their enemy. From Hallmark movies to, you know, whatever it might be, like, it's like all of a sudden they're either this or they're not, which is very transactional, right? It's very like, this is the thing. And if it's not the thing, then it no longer matters. And I've wondered why that bothered me so much until, you know, I've gone through <laughs> my age, I've gone through a couple of breakups. And I think about how it just sucks that the person no longer is supposed to exist. And I've always wondered why that rubbed me wrong. And then I was watching Ted Lasso. And I was thinking about how all of these relationships morph and change, but they don't negate what they were before, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you need to stick in like nasty and horrible things. I think it's okay to cut ties with relationships that aren't healthy, obviously, or even cut off the parts that aren't healthy about it. But this idea that this person, like the thing didn't matter anymore to me is super sad. And I think it's because I don't want to say that leaving ministry negates my calling whether Mm. it was god the universe my sense of wanting to just care for people i don't know that that was wrong and it really concerns me that we do this thing where it's like cut all ties it never happened what's next (laughs) you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i think instead of seeing everything as part of i am exactly where i need to be and you are exactly where you need to be. And when we make this like, I don't know, this like huge transition, it can be really hard to feel like we're exactly where we need to be. And I guess yeah. I was watching Ted Lasso and I was thinking about all the transitions in it. I'm not giving anything away. But the last couple episodes, a lot of things transition, a lot of things move. And I thought, What I loved about it was it didn't negate anything that happened in the episodes before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, 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 that's, that's, I like that. And I think that that's, I think that's a meaningful critique, especially when it comes to ministry, because it's, 
are are you making a difference in people's lives? Yeah, absolutely you are. But then like, oh, you're not a pastor anymore? Like way too many people are like, well, you're not going to provide that service in my life anymore. Um, right, it's so transactional. I, I suppose we're not friends. And and th- and that's not even folks in ministry. Anyone that's deconstructing has at least one story, if not many stories of folks right. like, oh, you're spiritually like not aligned with me anymore. Like we're done. Like, so like, was that even a friendship is, a, I think, a meaningful question for folks to ask. Like, what, what even does friendship mean now? You or know, was it transactional? Right. Or was it all? Yeah, it was always transactional. Was it always just, you know, you provide me with a service, which is, you know, making me feel better about my faith. And now that you're not going to do that anymore, I guess we're done. And, and that's, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's very sad. Well, I loved it. Like, so all these really complicated relationships hmm. on this show. I was like, oh, they had so many British writers as well as American writers. And I feel like as I thought through British versus American TV, I like that British TV is a little more messy. People aren't as pretty, right? And, and relationships aren't as straightforward. There's not a good guy. There's not a bad guy. There are people who are just trying to do their best, right? Almost everyone on that show, except for one, and even he has moments of redemption, have a moment of redemption. And I think as I look at giving people language around, what do I do with this calling business? What if I was meant to do it for a little while? What if because I did it, it meant I was supposed to do it? And that's hard because trauma came out of it. So I can't speak for everyone. And I think sometimes people were manipulated into it. Like you say, there were adults in the room that should have said something. Mm-hmm. But I think we do that with, you know, I know lots of people who are in careers. Tonight I was hanging out with a lawyer, a former lawyer, and we were talking about how when someone asks him, like now he's living this really cool nomadic life, him and his wife are awesome. But people ask him like, oh, should I like push my kids into law? And he's like, no. <laughs> like you shouldn't unless they've had a chance to like experience it through clerking or whatever you need to experience it before you decide that's what you want to do because it it's a it's a difficult thing and i think i think we this idea of calling or purpose i think it might be very modern tying purpose to vocation i said that as if i don't know that it is a hundred percent a modern idea that your vocation is your purpose. Yeah. I, I wonder though, if ministry though has been different though, simply because it's, yes, it's kind of always been this odd, like, but that's, it's like, instead of ministry, like getting with the times, I feel like the times were like, Ooh, what they're doing in ministry is great. Let's have everyone feel like their job needs to be their purpose. <laughs> right. Know? I think you can like, find meaning from it. I'm not saying you can't, or you can like make it into a meaningful thing. I'm just saying when that becomes the, it has to, it has to be that way. Mm-hmm. And we have a bunch of, especially for a system like, well, here I go. But for capitalism, right? It makes sense to have people looking for the thing that will make them the best capitalist. For sure. I was like, uh, yeah. I was, I was getting ready to say like, sweetie, you don't hate ministry. You just hate capitalism. <laughs> Like, you know, like, cause it, cause that's like, that's, you know, 
for well, I was gonna say for better or worse. It's it's entirely for worse, a hundred percent, all of it. Like the church decided capitalism was God's way, just as much mm. as anyone else did. And the Western Church, yes. the West, yeah, the Western Church, and so. I mean, Joseph Smith may as well have been one of our saints. So, <laughs> or Adam Smith. I can't remember. One of the Smiths. One of the one of the Smiths that created a movement that was terrible. It was whether it was you know, um, but anyway, I think we we don't realize that that so much of that is is in the tail wagging the dog because it's like okay, how do we get these kids into ministry? Like, well, no one wants to do it. So we're going to make, we're going to create theology, you know, and, and no one's like, I, there's not like a sinister person that's like, Ooh, we're going to make this <laughs> I theology. See Mr. Smithers from, you know, it's, it's not that the, it's a, the, the theology comes out of social pressure. But John Wesley like, does look like Mr. Smithers. So like he you does. guys figure that out. He looks a lot like, yes, that's, he is the Mr. Smithers of theology. I made his hands like that at my college ministry anyway i'm a terrible person keep going. no you're fine no you're, you're an accurate person <laughs> so i like theology comes out of social pressure like that's and yeah. and so like we have all these we have all these spots to fill and so like well they don't want to do it well let's make not wanting to do it the virtue <laughs> like oh yeah, yeah like let's let's make it yeah this thing that no one wants to do. And, and I always now think we, of Dave Ramsey live like no one else. So you can live like no one else. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, Dave, but, but it's all, but it's like, okay, like if you're going to be miserable, you may as well be paying me to be miserable. Like that's, you know, that's. Yeah. And I think too, the moment wasn't miserable. Like I mm -hmm. want to honor the folks in our discord who were like, it felt magic. Yeah. It oh, felt yeah, like I was sure. doing something bigger than myself. And you were. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I don't, I remember I was dealing with a, a decision I had made when I was in my early 20s and I was in therapy and I it was not a terrible decision. I just I chose to go one way when I could have gone another. And the therapist said, like, when are you ever going to forgive yourself? When are you ever going to forgive 24 year old Sarah who was using the best information she had at the time? Mm -hmm. So I think part of it is transcending and including this idea of calling and going, of course you thought, of course, look at you. You're mm -hmm. doing the best. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth. And this podcast is just that here at the speaking in church podcast. We talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Yeah. And I think I like that perspective because in that sense, it doesn't because I think like kind of alluded to this before. I think this conversation can like collapse into so many different things. Like, did God mm -hmm. really call me? Did, is God even real? Does God call? Did I hear it wrong? Like right. those things can like, it kind of collapses into this black hole of like, we can never disentangle. Right. But I like being like, you know, you 20 year old Sarah, you know, gosh, I was probably 17 year old, Justin, like, I was 20, you were, 20 when I got called 20, 19. 
you made the best information. You made the best decision you could make with the information you had, whether it was you had. Yeah. Whether it was God or not, whether you made the right choice or not, like that's sometimes just academic, you know, it's like we have to have our perspective on our lives that says you did the best you could with what you had. And then you took the next right step or the the step that seemed right. And then maybe Mm -hmm. in hindsight, you realize you made a wrong, you made a mistake. And we like, can't go backwards. You can't go backwards, and you, you, but you can learn, you know. And I think that's 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 how I have to get through. I can't. I, you almost can't ask those big questions because it's it's also your memory is now tainted too, because you had this beautiful moment and this beautiful experience that you probably put on a little shelf in your mind palace and was like, "This is the best moment of my life." And then you and every realize, time you retold it, it like. Gain. And by the it, way, in seminary, the number of times you have to write down your calling. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And like, if you're going to be ordained, forget about it. you have to like write it over and over and over again. Yeah. And then now that story becomes tainted when you leave. Ministry it's a neural pathway. But and, anyway, yep, keep going. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it becomes tainted in a way that like now you start questioning that memory. Is that a bad mm-hmm. memory now? And so there's you can't go back is what I'm trying to say. Like You can't go back and actually have an experience again the actual factual moments of your calling because that they're just so far in the past and they're, they're, they're memories now. And, and yeah. they're, and they're some ways good memories. And I think we can learn it's, it's information you can learn from. It's not something you can change. And I think that's, to me, that's the healthiest way to move forward is, is to have that grace for myself and also to realize that there, there's not, there's not a way to know some of those big questions. I can I can address those big questions in my life today. But going back and being like, did Justin really hear from God? Or was that a, a burrito that he had that was making him emotional? You know, like, uh, you, you just can't, you can't go back. Um, and, and yet I think you out. can in a way of like, and maybe this is tying to things that were asked of the Discord is like, what have, what is like a helpful resource? For mm-hmm. me, it is like um, imagining Sarah on the beach who is in a culture that she didn't understand and she's trying to fit in so hard and she felt belonging and she wanted others to feel belonging. So she thought, what if I'm the person who invites people into spaces of belonging? And all I knew for that was ministry. I didn't know how to do that any other way. And I don't know that she did the wrong thing. I think maybe she could have pursued acting. Maybe she could have done these other things, but she didn't. And so going back for me is a moment of like thanking young Sarah for trying. Even if Mm -hmm. it wasn't the right step. Right, Mm -hmm. quote unquote. Because it got us here. And this may not be the best version of ourselves that we were hoping for. But I think the longer I hold on to, I should have done it differently. I should have done it differently. I should have done it differently. It doesn't move me forward or give me hope. Yeah. And, you know, looking backwards turns people into pillars of salt, you know, like, yeah. but thinking myself, and that's like the weirdest practice and I have never known how to do it. And yet, over and over again, I'm reminded that like I can't move forward if I hate me of the past, and if I'm mm-hmm. angry at her for the choices that she made. I can only honor 
that I had the best, I made the best choice I could make with the information that I had and the training I had and the fears I had and being this kid from another country and just trying to figure out all of this, like just honor it and just say, maybe this isn't the best for me now, but it was what I thought was the best for me then. Yeah. I don't know. Making space for that feels like a way. It's the only way like you can't, you can't skip through. You can't like avoid it. You have to go through it when it comes to like thinking through these things and then letting it go. Mm -hmm. You can't make decisions in the past. Yeah. I try. I'm terrible at it. Oh yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll Monday morning quarterback my entire life. (laughs) Three times before breakfast. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, we're not doing this podcast from a position of authority. It's more of a no. like a position. We also, of, well, yeah. this sometimes works. <laughs> yeah, I think I think a similar practice or our mindset is is, yeah, kind of letting go of that whole the one path kind of notion. Mm-hmm. Because if if you uh, like, let's just say, let's I mean, you can play it out if you made a different decision, like suddenly now you're in the realm of fantasy. And then, of course, mm-hmm. like everything I worked win. out. I yes. you know, like, I, you know, everything worked out. If I would have just made whatever decision, everything would have worked out perfectly. But it's like, no, like if you made that different decision, you would probably be sitting in some therapist's office, you know. <laughs> Wondering if you should have made the other one. Wondering if I should have made that other decision. And man, if I would have made that other decision, then my life would have been perfect. And and I think there I think it's there's not a there's not a one life to miss. Mm. Like um there's not a you know one thing you could have done that would have made everything perfect. I mean, I think there's certainly merit in going back and being like, I'm I fucked up. Like, how can I learn from this? Yeah, how can yeah. I learn from this? Or, or acknowledging that okay, I I made a poor decision here, and my life might be better if I made up a different decision. But but thank you for making the best decision you could make with the information that you had. Yes, and and now I now I have experience and I can learn. And I think, and again, it's not easy because <laughs> because it, it can be fun to fantasize about what life would have been like. I mean, that's 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 why we have movies, you know, like, but and I also think it's like this idea too, to like every worship song, every like, <laughs> for any of you that are anywhere near my age, like you were made to live for so much more. And you're like, yes, mm-hmm. I was <laughs> like, and so, yeah. you know, we, everything feels like everything needs to be so big to matter. And mm-hmm. I think that's the thing again, going back to Ted Lasso, guys. What I love is that every character had a bit, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the, like, it's not just the, it's not just Ted. And if you didn't watch Ted Lasso, if you hate it, I'm sorry. But there's this, like, I just feel like we have idolized what, what things should look like. And instead of being present to what things actually are. And so when you think about a calling or, like, did I mess up? Did I hear the wrong thing? Maybe that's not even the right question. Maybe the right question is, how do I move forward? What is the next thing? And give myself permission for the next thing to not even be the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the next thing is just the next thing. It's not the like, big thing. 
I mean, I, 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 I tried to make those moments happen. Like after I left ministry, I was like, how do I redeem this whole experience? Mm. Well, I'm going to get a book deal and I'm going to get like all this, you know, you know, I'm going to, going to make ministry. I'm going to plant my own church, you know, like, or whatever, <laughs> like whatever it is that you think you're going to do. That's going to be this great thing. That's just really just bypassing your trauma. Like, <laughs> you know, just kicking that can down the road. Like, and it's, it's, I I I get the impulse because I was there, like that was me. Well, and you and I like we see people that we adore doing this. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, like oh no, they're trying to like create the thing that's gonna make them feel better about the the thing they did. Like they're building it the same thing but differently mm-hmm. instead of dealing with like oh the grief of having to leave that. Yeah. And so, yeah, like grieve a bit, like a lot, really, you know, because I mean, this is a lot of what we gave our lives to. But it, it, I also would say, like, don't not your whole life, though. It, it's not your whole life. Yeah, exactly. That's that's it's not your whole life. It's not. Well, that's another thing. Life. If we can hold on to the center of who we are. And I think within Christianity, at least a lot of the ways that a lot of us were raised. We weren't we don't know who we are. Mm-hmm. So how do I hold on to something I don't know? How do I love something I don't know? Because the truth is, is you can't love something that you don't know, right? A lot of times we try to create these people or things and so that people will love us. But the truth is they don't love us. They love the image of us that we've decided to portray. Mm-hmm. And the same is true for ourselves. I can't love myself unless I know myself. And when I'm told that I can't trust myself, how do I know myself? And so part of this whole deconstruction or faith shift or leaving ministry is meeting ourselves. Do I even like this? You know, the, the image I always use is the stupid like thing from one of bride when she's trying to figure out what, how she likes her eggs. Cause she's only ever been told according to who she was dating. It was like, you, I, Oh, I like hard boiled eggs. Well, that's because the guy she was dating like hard boiled eggs, you know, like you have to figure this stuff out for ourselves and we don't have, give yourself a break because no one, no, everyone told you how to feel about things. So give yourself a chance to figure out how you feel about things that you can know yourself. And then no matter what the changing tide is, you still have this sense of like, oh, this is who I am. And mm-hmm. and allow yourself to be open to, and that may change. Parts of me change and they've changed before, but I've always still been here. I'm still here because I've always been here. Yeah. Calling is so hard because <laughs> there's so much to say about it because you're right. You could talk about what does this mean? Was it always just me? Does this mean God doesn't exist? Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe. Like, and that's also like, I can't answer that question for anybody. No, like, and I, I wish wasn't you there. Could. Yeah, it'd be great. I, I would, <laughs> I would, that would be a very lucrative job. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're like the sorting hat in Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just a, tell yeah. people what they're supposed to do with their life. You are yeah. a doctor. Yes. You are a. But then eventually someone would question that and then there would be this, you know, like, yeah. Like a deconstruction of the hat. A deconstruction of the What if the hat is an story? asshole the whole time? Yeah. What, what if, if that's the story of Harry Potter? Yeah. So, like, it's, 
and yeah, so you, there's so many of these questions you can't answer, but I think the most practical and and the most helpful thing to do is to just accept that these things did happen and and accept the good and accept the bad and accept that, you know, this was the best you could do. And, and you can laugh at that. Like, well, that was the best I could do. Like, yeah, that's right. You know, but you're different now. And you know more. And and we can try again. And, and I laugh at young Justin all the time. Young Justin would would have terrible things to say about me today. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Young Sarah. <laughs> you know? She would be so disappointed. She would, yeah, and 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 Justin, old, young Justin would be like, "Really? This is how it ended up? Yep, this is how it ended up." These are the because I think in some ways you can teach your past self the same lessons you're teaching your present self, which is like, "Hey, past Justin, you need to accept that your decisions <laughs> resulted in this." Like, <laughs> hey, this is you, buddy. This I got is all you. Of you. <laughs> it goes both well, ways. I- it's interesting to me too, like as we think about like being in the holiday system. System. I just called it a system, not a season. <laughs> a system. That was, <laughs> that was the, not that maybe was, a slip of the tongue. That but was, the holiday season. Yeah. I think about it's been a really hard season for me. I thought life was gonna look one way and it's not. And I feel like I say that a lot. I'm like, where did I get this idea of what it should look like? And I think Every Christmas movie ever made. Every Christmas ever movie ever made. And I, I'm so afraid of missing out on what is actually lovely because I'm so upset. It doesn't look like the way I thought it would. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true of vocation as well. Like when we think about calling. So one of the folks on our discord was saying like the holiday seasons are so hard because I keep thinking about how great it felt in some ways to have the adrenaline rush of creating Christmas for people. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I want to go back to it, but I'm also saying like that was an ego trip. That felt great because there was an expectation. And I think as we think about calling, allowing ourselves to let go of the expectation that even other people had on us, because calling is an expectation and expectations really can be in some ways, the death of what's in front of us, right? Like, because it doesn't look like we thought it would. Because we aren't living up to what young Sarah and Justin. (laughs) Do you ever wonder if we would have been friends? Young Sarah and young Justin? I don't know. Yeah. Probably, but. Yeah, I think we would have gotten in trouble in class together. Yeah. Like sitting in the back. Like I was always super like in the front because I wanted to be like a really good student. But then I like loved the backseat people. Yeah, I was the backseat person for sure. Yeah, I would have like wanted to be back there making comments, but I would have been in the front because I was a goody two shoes. Yeah, backseat. And then also like in college, I was the backseat. And then I would put my foot intentionally on the seat in front of me to kind of prop my leg up. So like like backseat and space. You're like, I'm owning this. I'm yeah. man, man spreading back here. Yeah. Before that was a thing, I was doing it. <laughs> well, and I would have been in the front like, my sorority told me we have to sit in the first two rows. Do you know that's a thing? I No, I did not know that. But 
Yeah, so Probably that our reason. teachers would know us so that like we would make better grades because statistically, people in the front two rows make better grades. Did you know that? I, I was in the back row. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of this to say, calling's hard. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had a great answer for you. But I can tell you what doesn't work, and that's looking backwards with so much disdain or anger. I think it's okay to question. Like you say, ask about like, who are the adults that like, let me make this huge decision at 14 Mm -hmm. (laughs) instead of being maybe a little playful with me and helping me surrender the outcome and holding it loosely. Like, but also like the reality is the generation before them were even harsher on people to like, what are you going to do? Who are you going to be? It's never who are you going to be? It's what, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we? Yeah. I mean, How do I. We... Shit, I, you're a parent. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't always want to jump straight to like, just fix your kids. Um, but, <laughs> but, but I, I, I have found a lot of. I have very meaningful conversations with my kids uh, that stem from me not pushing a particular Mm. religious agenda on them. And that is very, that feels very healing to me. And to the point where like, I will talk to them about things that I experienced or I will, you know, like I will, I I got the book of the uh, Holy Troublemakers book, um, which which is excellent. It's, it's, it's lovely. It's a lovely book. I'm, this isn't me complaining about that book one bit. But I, I was reading it to my 10-year-old. Well, now 10-year-old wasn't 10 at the time. Uh, Claire, because she, she wanted to, she wanted to, she wanted to, you know, she wanted to read it with me. But like we would get to this like, you know, entry of someone who was queer affirming or someone who did a lot of anti-racism work. And it was like weird to her that that was a admirable thing. <laughs> Like, she's like, wait, why is that? Like, like that's is, how you should just be is, as a human. Yeah, this is just how people are. Like, this isn't like, like, I'm like, no, this is really noteworthy because this person like, and she's like, no, like people should just love queer people. Like, I don't like, I, like, I don't know what to is, do with this. Why is this a big deal? And I just, it was like, and that was just this interesting moment for me to be like, ah, that's oh, okay. I, I. I love this. I love that this, not that the, the the book again is lovely, but it's almost felt like this is unnecessary to her because she doesn't need to be reminded that there are good people out there. She's just Uh. like, this is, this is just how people should be dad. And so that's really good. And I, I I found, I kind of retroactively, when I look at my calling in a lot of ways, I did that for students too. Like I, I, I bore the brunt of a lot of weird fundamentalism, a lot of adults saying terrible things about the youth, you know, these days. And so I think a part of my calling I felt in ministry was to protect kids from church people. And I feel like I was able to do that. And so, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be with your kids. I think most people can look at the ministry that they did in the church and be proud of some of the things that they did. And maybe be proud of the things that they were able to do that maybe went against their calling a little bit, but were the right thing to do. And so, yeah, like I I see it in my kids. I see it in the students I was able to 
you know, to be in their lives. And I was able to, to prevent some of the worst things that happened to me to happen to them. I certainly didn't mm. push calling on any kid ever. And, you know, in that way, that's kind of how we break those cycles. Even if that cycle that. ended up breaking me <laughs> in some ways, I feel like I was able to, to not repeat it. I think that's it, it right? Like we look at it and just say, I did the best I could with what I could. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe I was manipulated and it's okay to feel some anger around that, but I can't carry that around forever mm-hmm. for myself. Like not because the other person doesn't deserve it, but because like I, I can't and grow and be the next thing that I'm supposed to be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's calling. I mean, there's so much to be said about it. I'd love to hear other people's opinions on it. We will be bringing on some guests to talk about like moving from one profession to another and why that can be difficult, even when it's not like a quote unquote calling. Cause a lot of the helping professions are considered callings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they're, they're jobs that become your life for better or worse. Your identity. Mm-hmm. Well, friends, thank you for joining us for another episode of Rope Recovery. If you want to like continue these conversations, we uh, say it all the time, but we mean it. Our discord group, which is $4 a month at most <laughs> mm-hmm. is really the community in place and space. It's anonymous. It's just nice to hear other people say, yeah, I get it. Maybe you want to weigh in on some things. Maybe you want to share a WTF moment with us because I can't wait. Like I really mean it that I think we should do a monthly WTF episode because so many people have given me, I like got random texts today from a friend who never talked. I didn't even know they listened to Rev Cover and they're like, I just listened to this. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so yeah thank you again just any closing thoughts no this has uh, been a great discussion <laughs> you're the best i'm not we'll gonna do that pastor week. thing <laughs> <laughs> oh you're amazing thanks for joining us friends and we'll see you next week First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.